Hey there, everybody. It's your good friend Nick Nolte saying, God damn it, you're finally getting around to reviewing one of my good ones, God damn it, down and out in Beverly Hills, which for the longest time I thought was actually called in and out with Beverly Seals. Perfect, because Bette Midler looks like Beverly Seals to me. Not that I ever seen her, god damn it. Uh, my favorite scene is when old Dickie Dreyfus pulls me out of a pool because A, that homophobe had to kiss me right on the mouth, and that serves him right. And W, it reminds me of that time he pulled me out of a very different kind of pool. God damn it. It was an Oscar pool, and it was just this last goddamn week. I said, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here, Ricky. I ain't seen a film in a theater since Teachers in 1984. Everything, everywhere, all at once. That's what I call going to the bathroom. Tar, that's also what I call going to the bathroom. Avatar, the way of water, well, that's what I call number one, by which I mean I had to go take a whiz about 13 times during that goddamn Thing. Anyway, live from New York, it's Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Rated R. Welcome to episode 90 of Opening Weekend. I'm Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends Fred Berman and Dan Matisse. And this week we rock it back to January 31st, 1986, and that weekend's three major releases, Down and Out in Beverly Hills, starring Bette Midler, Nick Nolte, and Richard Dreyfus; The Best of Times, starring Robin Williams and Kurt Russell, and Murphy's Romance, starring Sally Field and James Garner. But before we dive into the week's films, where were we all? In late January of 1986. I'm sorry, I'm live from Saturday Night Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm having a hard time recovering from that. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm good. I'm a little crying. <laughs> 86, 86. I was, uh, I was in eighth grade, mm. right? Eighth grade, yeah. And um, this was uh, this March, right? No, February, January. January. Where are we? End I'm like, of, Very end of January. Very end God. of January. Oh, January 31st. Yeah. So this was eighth grade. Was it was <laughs> it was an interesting time because if I recall, this is when I started to realize that I wasn't very good at school or I wasn't. <laughs> I just stopped doing well at school. Oh, uh, you like, stopped trying. Really? I, I think so. I don't know what happened. There was a shift. But, you know, like elementary school, it always did. Great. I was teacher's pet. I was very, you know, sort of shy and did, did, you know, really good work. And then seventh grade, I remember, you know, entering junior high school, um, like I was on the high honor roll each, each semester and, and getting good grades. And then this year that all started to slide. I was like, oh, wow, no, I'm, I'm doing bad at math and I'm doing bad at Spanish and I don't like Spanish. And I'm, and I just felt like suddenly this was the first time where, I just wasn't getting, I was getting like mediocre grades and it was just sort of like the, the, uh, the idea of me being a, a high honor student, I'm like, oh, this is, this is just slipping away now. Mm. This is going away. What but was I was that attributable to, were you just getting dumber or? I, <laughs> <laughs> probably. Oh. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, uh. I don't know. I think it just might have been that 
time, you know, going through like hormonal and puberty and just things and not knowing what the fuck is going oh, on in my yeah. head. Yeah. And oh, my distracted, distracted by breasts, probably. Still, I'm still, that's why I still can't get anything done today. I'm just still, you know, distracted by breasts everywhere I go. But, uh, but I remember I was doing well in English and, uh, I was in enriched English and I, I remember, I believe it was this year, probably around this time, my English teacher, um, Eileen Hutch, I'm blanking if it was Hutchins or Hutchinson, lovely woman, uh, passed away several years ago, sadly. And I've spoken about her before on the, on the Crossroads episode. She was the English teacher. I, we, we did, um, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going, um, for like a, for for a talent show. Mm -hmm. She was, she was great. She was a, a wonderful teacher. And I, and I, we were doing, um, I believe we were doing the Arthurian legends and I had to do a project on Merlin. And this is around the time my mom started to, you know, she was helping me come up with ideas to do more interesting projects and to do so. So I would do so rather than like writing a paper, I would do a, a, a video and mm. we had, this was still like VCRs, you know, still sort of early, you know, and oh, yeah. they've been around for a while, but I remember we had two VCRs and we also had the computer, the Apple two C, oh, which are the fancy. Apple two E or whatever, which a lot of kids didn't have at that time. Cause my mom worked with computers and right, she right. figured out a way to hook the computer up to the VCR to the two VCRs. So I could do grab, it was really cool. Like she came up with oh all God. of this and then wow. sort of showed me how to do it. But like I would do graphics on the Apple two C and I could tape them like what? if I, I would, I think I would hook, no, you know what it was? I would hook the computer up to the VCR, which would go to the television. So the image was on the television and then I would hit play and record and I'd basically record what was on the TV, which was the yeah. image from the computer. Oh my God. So through that, I was able to, I did this whole project on Merlin using images that I got on the computer. Then I would film myself. Uh, I remember I did like we would you take. You could have just taped an episode of Mr. Merlin. <laughs> You realize that, don't you? I could have, but then I'd have to send money to Barnard Hughes, and that guy, he was a miser, man. We don't yeah, want Yeah, no, couldn't do it. But, um, can't support his habit. But, like, I remember, like, Josh helped me. We would take, we would take, uh, clips from, um, from Excalibur and Monty Python and the Holy say, Grail. You probably looked at Excalibur. Excalibur yes, and it. then yeah. we would overdub. We would plug yeah, in the microphone and be like, oh, hello, Merlin. And we would, like, <laughs> do dirty overdubs and stuff. It was great. And then, like, I remember. Something in the story of Merlin, he gets like Morgan Le Fay traps him in a cave and he's there for like a hundred years and then he escapes. So to celebrate that in the video, we had, I was like, ah, Merlin, I'm, I'm so happy to escape. And we're here. And it was the opening drum beat to Led Zeppelin's rock and roll. And we filmed in my backyard this whole video of me dressed as Merlin, you know, with like the long white beard, wow. rocking out, lip syncing to Led Zeppelin's rock and roll. And that was a part of it. And like, it, it, you know, of course I got an A and people went nuts and they loved it. But like, that was the only thing That's the one that I was been doing a long well time, at. Been a long time. Exactly. Been a long time. A, yeah, it was. So it's I was like brilliant. taking my, but it was, it was sort of, it, it was brilliant for my mom. Like she was the one who sort of edged me towards that because probably the reason I wasn't doing well in the other classes was because I didn't care about them. There was no interest, yeah. but this was like, this teacher was so engaging, you know, she was so into it and so fun. And, you know, it was my mom saying like, Hey, you like, you know, making videos and you like working on the computer. Why don't you, you know, rather than write a paper, 
make your paper that make it a mult like a multimedia thing before there was you know multimedia and you know you Mom's like the best uh, Led Zeppelin so throw that you know I don't know That's whose awesome. idea that was but so yeah she was basically yeah. like take everything you like and and give your teacher that yeah middle school I think was the first time that your your teachers kind of became came a little a little closer to like being your friends. You, they, you, you know, the teachers who, who you connected yeah. with, right. But like first through sixth grade, they were aloof, a little distant. You well, might have, you have one teacher in, in, in first right. through sixth, you yes. have like a yeah. teacher and they are like your school parent, you they know, have and, to and, be and when that you go to other figure. classes in, in junior high and high school, right. you got them for 40 minutes a day and it's, and they differentiate and they're specialized and yeah, they can kind of connect with you. Like if you're like an art kid, like I, you know, the art teachers, yes. kind of like, you know, you have like more of a chummy relationship with the kids yes, who are chummy, into good. the subject and yeah. you know, it, it kind of works that way. And there's a little freedom to do that. Whereas if you're responsible for everything that the kids are <laughs> digesting and are responsible for. I think it's a yeah. little different probably. And you're also yeah, sick you're of right. them after the first hour, but you got six hours to go. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, yeah. geez, will you yeah. stop? Four, 43 minutes with each one. And yeah. it's like, All you right, can be well, their pal. We'll yeah, exactly. We had a true. line. And also a specific subject too. Mm-hmm. So it was like, they, it was something that, you know, they either love teaching or they didn't right. love to. So that's why you, you know, you can have that's some bad teachers if they, if they weren't into it. Yeah. You right. know, that's right. true. They're That's they're in their true. wheelhouse and they're probably probably a little happier. Of course they are. Well, well, the, yeah. We had a language arts teacher in seventh grade. So you were in eighth. I was in seventh, oh, right, Fred? Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, we just language arts teacher named Mr. Kenny, who was just like he was a pal to everybody. His class was just so fun, and it was all you know. I don't even know if they do language arts in 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 school anymore, but it's like, you what, know. what was language arts? Was that like English or yeah, different from English? A little bit different. It was more like, um, there was reading comprehension in there. There was certainly like parts of speech because English class was more like a literature class. It was right. more like yeah. straight up reading and writing. You know, you're going to read this, you're going to write about it. And we did the Arthur. <laughs> we did it's so funny. You mentioned that. Cause we did, I did a, we had to do a, a presentation or a performance that was somehow connected to, or we had to do something, but I made it a play. So I did kind of a live version of what you did, but mine was called King Artie and the Knights of the Square Table. It was terrible. Yes. It was awful, <laughs> but it was, it was a total ripoff of um, the Holy Grail and all that stuff, but it was really fun. And my, all my buddies were in it with me and it got big laughs and everything, but, but it was um, just very, 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 very silly and very low rent. I was like, mom, we need tunics. And she was like, what the hell is a tunic? You put, put a bed sheet on. <laughs> everything was a bed sheet. Um, and I remember we ended it with, um, uh, on one of the Van Halen albums is happy trails, right? Yeah. Diver down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. We, that's how we ended it. That's how we, what we took our bows. I don't remember much else about it, but I remember doing that for the class and, and, uh, um, it was very, very silly and, uh, the English teacher and I got along. So, so it was, and that was the first introduction to Shakespeare. And I remember because it was comedy of errors and I thought it was wow. really, oh. really funny. Yeah. I know that was the first Shakespeare. I what ever an read. interesting choice. I know. I know. He, he, and it was funny because he talked about the three stooges and he talked about <laughs> Marley. He showed us Abbott and Costello. I can't remember oh, his see, that's name. Smart. Though. Yeah. That's, that's actually yeah, a really exactly. smart introduction because yep. most people, 
I feel like it's 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 the Scottish play or Hamlet or Romeo and Juliet, but that's that's great to start off with like yeah. a wacky comedy and yeah. then sort of you know, to, to get the kids hooked. Yep, it's and it was idea. like, and now this guy thinks this guy is this guy, and now and these two are twins and these two are twins. It's crazy. I you say know? start with Titus Andronicus because <laughs> because that's the funniest <laughs> one. But gentlemen, <laughs> but do you remember this from January nineteen eighty six? We are the Bears shuffling crew, shuffling on <gasps> oh, down, doing it for you. We're so bad. We know we're good, blowing your mind like we knew we would. You know we're just strutting for fun, strutting our stuff for everyone. We're not here to start no trouble. We're just here to do the Super Bowl show. Well, they call me sweetness, and I like to dance. Running the ball is like making more mans. We had the goal since training camp to give Chicago a Super Bowl champ. And we're not the Super Bowl Shuffle. You remember that? Oh, my that? God, that's oh, yeah. right. I'm the funky cube being known as McMahon. <laughs> that's all I remember from it. I'm like, McMahon was, I'm like, that's he's the, there's no one cooler in the world. The, the there's coolest, no one cooler. The coolest human being in the world. Yeah. Like he wears sunglasses while he plays football. Yeah. What's cooler? He's the funky QB. There's nothing funky about that guy at all. Nothing whatsoever, except maybe his hair. But then you had Refrigerator Perry. It was like the first time that there were a whole bunch of characters who were playing yeah, a game, exactly. playing a sports game. It was like the they WWF, would... but in, uh, you know, yes. uh, in football. You nailed it. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was like wrestlers playing football. And and everybody, everybody for those that brief shining month was a Bears fan. You know, absolutely. Yeah, it, yeah. Absolutely. It was so much fun. That song was so fun. Uh, do you remember the Saturday Night Live parody, which was focused just on NFL kickers? And it was, no. we are kickers. We kick ball. We kick the ball. We play with ball. <laughs> you were starting high school, right, Jason? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought you were going to say. Oh, God. What I uh, the, the other thing to remember from January of 86. What? I'll take it away down. The Challenger disaster. Oh, right, of course. The space yeah. shuttle. Oh, Krista McAuliffe. Yeah. And being in my first uh, <sighs> first midterms, I think that I, because I don't think we had midterms in junior high, did we? I think high school was- oh, You might have had some like tests kind of when we came exams. back from break. Yeah. We might have. I remember yeah. being in science class mm. watching that when it happened. Mm -hmm. Like we all were watching it live. Yeah. Oof, yeah. That See, was we were, uh, that was the thing because I was in high school. So we had like midterm exams and it was that thing where you had an exam in the morning and- we had like half days. You had exams, and then you, okay. you know, if you were done for the day, you went home early. So I was home by the time I remember being on the phone with a friend of mine after after one of the tests and Yikes. talking to her and like watching it happen at home on the oh, television and just being so yeah so and so weird, right? Just so weird, and because it didn't look. It didn't look right. It didn't look like anything. It looked you like, oh, that's the piece take, of the thing going and that'll fall back to earth. And there goes the shuttle. It a while. Yeah, it took a while to understand what had happened yeah. at that moment. Yeah. Um, it was the same thing like with September 11th being there watching yeah, it. You're just like, yeah. you know, I've said that, you know, I talked about this before where I'm staring, looking at it going, oh, but it'll be okay. It'll be, you know, it's, right. it's gotta be fine. Like yeah, it, not, it didn't make sense. Yeah. And w w yeah, not have that, that, the, 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 the sheer time. distance from it makes you uh, uh, unable to fully process like how, yeah. 
how cataclysmic it must yeah. have been in the moment. But yeah, I mean, of course, I think um, we, I think they brought us into a classroom. If I'm not mistaken, I may, I may be misremembering that, but I think they were like, everybody in here, we're going to watch this now, you know, like to, yeah. not to watch the yeah. launch, but to watch the news report of, about what had happened. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Oh, to yeah, be well, like, I guess that's this thing, is, this is of national significance and you need to be seeing this. Well, this you know? one was also, but, the, but you know, as opposed to other space shuttle launches, this was, had a teacher on board. It was, the, right. it was a, yes, a civilian course, and a school yeah. teacher, Krista McAuliffe. Yeah. And so yeah. that was, right. you know, schools, especially it was like such a, a historic thing, even in yeah. the, in the realm of, of space shuttle launches that, you know, I think uh, most school kids were watching it in that moment anyway. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, um, it was horrible. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I, I had, it's not that I had a teacher that I was so fond of per se, but I mean, I got along pretty well with most of the art teachers. There was one who didn't, didn't like me because he didn't think I was a serious artist. Like he'd like that. I, he saw I had talent, but he knew I always wanted to employ it in the realm of cartooning, you know? And so, and he wanted me to be a painter and wanted me to get more serious about my, my, uh, drawing studies and whatever. But, uh, but my freshman year, I had a teacher who basically just said, you don't have to do any of the art projects for the, that we do here in class. You just do your own thing. <laughs> and I did, I drew another one of those, you know, I talked about doing those comic books that I would draw in the summer times, mm -hmm. like on my own at home. Yeah. But this was like a sanctioned art project. I spent the whole year drawing a comic that then I had like printed, right? My father helped oh, me wow. get it printed up and, and distribute. I had like hundreds of copies. And at the end of the school year, like I gave one to every, every kid in my class and, uh, I still have copies of it. Do I have one right here? I probably have one right here. Oh, here right there's here. our merch. That's well, our merch. There, merch. there it is. And you, whoa, look wow. at that. Oh my goodness. I remember this. You You've shown this me this one? before. I've shown it to you. Wow. Oh, you guys, you can't, oh, no one it. can, no one can see this, but let's describe <laughs> it. It's box office magazine. And there are these satire magazine. Just hold on. Hold on. Wait, don't do anything. Drawn. Don't take a don't screenshot. Don't do anything, Jason. Well, Look, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a screenshot this. Screenshot. and this. we're going <laughs> to, and we're going to, we're going to post oh, this somewhere where I don't know. I see Nicholson, of course, Michael Douglas, Whoopi, Rocky or, or, or Rambo. Rambo and Rocky attacking C-3PO was brilliant. That's wow, fantastic. that's amazing. All those all those great movies. That's let's see, what are they what, what were some of the parodies in here? This is those you're like Dan. Old, you're like Dan now, just showing pictures I know, just of showing Return of the Jedi episode. Blech, Blech to, to the, the future. future. Not black to fantastic. not back to the future. Blech no. to the future. <laughs> to the future. Jewel. The Jewel of the Senile. Oh, that's, <laughs> the, that's the, the story of my life. That's fantastic. Oh. Listen. Michelangelo nice. started with cartoons. Da Vinci started, he began being cart making cartoons of Jesus before he started painting anything. <laughs> Everybody, every good, every good artist starts with cartoons. Okay. Well, do. Oh God. Remember when Michelangelo was doing Jesus cartoons? Those, those are the best of times. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i saw this movie in the theaters the best of times did i know did i remember did i understand what i was watching what was happening to me i don't think so it was the best of times jack dundee did something so awful you remember reno remembers the whole goddamn town remembers. okay i remember oh, I knew it. Oh. so humiliating ah. 
So unforgivable. Get out! He'll never live it down. Jack, you got no shame at all. His only chance is to live it over. You can't rewrite history. Why not? It's an unnatural act. <gasps> Jack, there is no such thing as an unnatural act. I should know. I've just come up with the big idea. You're going to replay what game? Jack, you can't play that game again. I am throwing down the gauntlet. What the fuck are you talking about? What does that about? got to do with anything? Fuck off. Mild-mannered and developmentally arrested banker Jack Dundee, played by Robin Williams, has lived his life regretting a botched play he made in a high school football game. His friend Reno Hightower, played by Kurt Russell, who threw the pass that Jack dropped, is a car mechanic trying to move on with his life. But Jack simply, inexplicably, refuses to let that happen. Thus, Jack hatches a plan to reunite as many of the original game's now middle-aged players as possible in an attempt to replay the big game, as if that's a thing that grown people do, and right the wrongs of his youth. The Best of Times made $2.4 million over its opening weekend, sputtering at the box office with just $7.8 million in total. Fred and Dan, what'd you guys think of the Best of times? Listen, you're looking at the fridge. I'm the rookie. I may be large, but I'm no dumb cookie. You see me hit, you see me run. When I kick and pass, we're having no fun. I can dance. Well, what is you that? What is that? What is that? They all oh, run from no, me. Not I the ain't come here not looking for me. That was better than this movie. <laughs> oh, the, yes, just your rendition. My rendition. That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> yes. what I'm saying. No, I, this isn't. No, I, I, I don't know what to make of this thing. What am I supposed to do with this movie? This is. Uh, it's a one. It's. It's a one. It's not. It's not that bad, but it's not that good. Mm. You got Holly Palance in there. Believe it. Or not. Remember. <laughs> yes, I remember. Do. Jack Palance would come on and go. Skulls. Everyone remembers skulls. Look at bones. Skulls are bones, and bones are skulls. Now Holly will talk. And then he would go away, and in the middle, he'd come back out and go, skulls. Holly, take it away. And Holly would do the rest. I loved Holly. She was great. What happened to her? I don't know. What ha- what does that have to do with this movie? Did you, what do you think of this movie? Yeah, I just kept waiting for Holly Palance to come back. I thought she was delightful. Uh, she was fine. The Pamela guy who plays the father. Pamela Reed, I liked. Was also, she was Pamela Reed's good. good. The guy who plays the father was also in the uh, also in uh, Popeye and also in The Thing. And which the gives Thing, Moffat. Donald yeah. Moffat? It gives, Donald yeah, gives you the connection between oh, Russell. Russell. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. You yeah, Kurt Russell, yes. The Thing, Donald Moffat. You get... Robin Williams, Popeye, Donald Moffat, boom, they oh, all come yeah. together in this, in this movie because he's the guy who's the tax man in Popeye. Yes, yes. right. What other interesting things can we say? <laughs> I, I was going to say. Saw, listen, I saw this movie uh, 436 years ago whenever it came mm-hmm. out, and I remember seeing it at my friend Nick's house. And I remember liking it, but I absolutely thought 100%. Oh, he drops the ball at the end. I remember this. I remember that he drops the ball. Yep, it happens again. It repeats. History <laughs> right. repeats. I, I remember that. Happen. And he doesn't. I mean, you know, spoiler alert, he catches the ball. But of course he catches it. I was of like, course Wait, he catches it. Of course he does. It's setting up the whole time. But I absolutely thought he dropped the ball again. At that would have been more interesting. Yes, exactly. And that's what, and, that, and I think that 
it would have been more interesting, Fred. You're absolutely right. And I think that because the old fighter comes back, kid, you know, kid lefty or whatever Ugh. comes back to town, right. you know, that they could have had a, a moment and he would have said, you know what? Get over it. I got over it. And look at me. I'm successful now. And, and, you know, get over yourself. You have a beautiful wife. You have a nice job. Go, go live your life. And that would have been a better sort of, you know, lesson for the movie. And it would have been more interesting, but did I hate it? I don't know. It's a, the movie's a one trick pony. I liked the, I liked the dinner scene. You know, I thought that was, that was, that was, um, far fetched. The whole thing's far fetched, but I thought that was, um, lovely when, when he's trying to move the TV so they could see it. And then he goes, what a catch, you know? And, and, uh, but it's, it's, uh, there's a probably about, I don't know, four movies where, Robin Williams plays the nudge. Maybe there's five or seven or 12, but he's the nudge, right? There's this, there's one hour photo where he's a creepy nudge. There's, <laughs> um, you know, there's the beginning of hook where he's basically this character from this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. That's yeah, right. And there's maybe two or three others where he's just a nudge and it doesn't work because you keep thinking he's going to bust out and do Robin Williamsy things. And he right. kind of never does, you know? Um, Kurt Russell's fine. He's likable. I mean, I don't know. It's just a middling, it's just kind of a middling pile of, of just of, of idea. And the idea is one, it's one linear thing. Will they play the game? Yes, they will. Then they play the game. And I thought the game was shot really well. I will say that I, I yes. enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the pace and the pulse and the editing and the excitement of the actual game. I loved that it was muddy and he comes in in the gleaming white suit, you know, and I liked mm-hmm. how that uh, unfolded. I thought that was well shot and well put together. Which is so well interesting edited. because you're right that w- that was the only well right, shot, shot and well edited mm-hmm. moment of this movie. That's what I kept thinking. I mean, I, I, this movie was on cable all the time. I didn't see yeah, it in theaters, yeah, but I remember seeing it on cable constantly. Yep. I didn't remember much of it, but this and I Moscow really, and the Hudson were like on a loop yeah, you know, on mm-hmm. cable. But I, I really did not like it. Well, I didn't like mm-hmm. anything. I couldn't stand Robin Williams. I couldn't stand his wife. But I, what I was noticing the most, I was like, wow, this is. It's it's a poorly edited movie. It's not directed well. There were mm. the the, the mm-hmm. talent show scene where they're at the talent show and Kurt Russell's at a bar talking to a hooker. That then suddenly she's odd. not there yeah, anymore. All the stuff with the hooker and was bizarre. I didn't it's, know. It, you don't it need just any wasn't. Of it. it wasn't put together well. But you're right. So I don't know. Like I just didn't. Uh, there there were none of the dots connected. I mean, it no. comes from the just Robin Williams right from the start. It just seemed very stilted and there was something, I don't know, his dialogue just all seemed too over the top. And I, I, I don't know what he was doing. And working hard. It's part Smokey Robinson, part Titus Snack, but it's all me. Jack Aquarius. Got to, got to, got to, got to satisfy. What the fuck are you talking about? What does that about? got to do with anything? Fuck off. And I just didn't understand. I didn't understand his motivations for what he was doing. And, you know, I don't want to jump the gun uh, for, for another movie that we're going to talk about, but like this movie was, it was trying to be so much about the town and I didn't give a shit about the town. I didn't know. I didn't understand who anyone was. Like I kept thinking of, and we'll get to Murphy's romance where they they do something similar, but like I kept thinking of a movie like gung ho, which is another movie we talked about Mm -hmm, on that crossroads episode I was talking about earlier where it's like they build up this community. What was that hockey movie? Mystery Alaska. I thought the same thing. Same kind of thing. Not the best movie, but 
it was about a town. town. If this goes well, we'll save the town. Right. right. But who cares? But you knew you, it introduced you to the town. You knew yeah. who lived there. You understood them. This, they do yep. this whole opening where he explains the history of the town. I never felt like I knew anyone who was, I was like, what town is this? Who are these people? Who are these, who are his teammates? You, yep. you know, you sort of mentioned that in the intro, Jason, like he's mm. going to get his teammates back. You don't know who any of them are. That's There's the no relationship. The so thin. you don't care. But to, to me, it's just the central conceit is so ridiculous. Like, of course, I don't care about the town. I don't believe any time they're talking about, oh, boy, it really got the town back together to pl- to replay a game from 20 years ago when you were children. That's exactly. I mean, it's, it's it's nothing. It's not a thing human beings do. When I was in 10th grade, I wanted to play Jigger Cragen in Carousel. I auditioned. I worked very hard. I didn't get it. I was I was very upset. I was I despondent. It's like if I said now, I said, hey, everybody who was in Carousel, I, I'm going to audition for it again. Want, let's dig up <laughs> let's the guy the who audition. was casting. Let's redo it. And this time I'm just I'm going to nail it and they're going to have to cast me and then we'll all do Carousel. And everybody is like. I have work. I have kids. I have a life. Yeah. I, my prostate. But they say, no, it's fine. I'm going to put all that aside to make your dream come true. Your infantile dream of correcting something from when you were 15 years old. It's not what human beings do. Nobody would care to write Robin Williams is wrong. It would just be like, get over it. Get a therapist. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. It's just such a, I just couldn't get past the conceit, the central conceit that he, that he would be so obsessed with this. It's so pathetic. And that anybody would go along with him on this mad journey is uh, beyond, it it strains credulity to the point that I couldn't really care for it at all. There's nothing in it for the other team. What do they get out of it? There's nothing in it. Bragging rights. They have Bragging a, they rights. That's, that's really that. what it was for, for Donald Moffat's character. But they won it. They won for, they won before, you know, so there's no. Exactly. Yeah. Thing. What is it? Exactly. I did think that. I was like, what is in it for them to replay this game that they won? Just right. because one guy. Yeah. That's what it should be. It should be exactly what you said. Robin Williams again drops the ball and yes. then we just cut like Godfather part three. We just cut to him as a very old man sitting in a chair and an orange falls out of his lap and he dies. And you say, and that was it's like the regret, the shame carried through until, for the rest of his life. He never got over it. And Kurt Russell falls to his knees and just goes, dad. <laughs> and Anthony Hop- and Anthony Hopkins is interviewing them. No, oh, wait, that's chapter. <laughs> they had one good scene at the, well, this is what I thought. There was one good scene between Kurt Russell and Robin Williams at the very, the very last moment when they're on the football field. But I thought, one, it's this is a nice scene between the two of them. It's not earned at all because I didn't give a shit about anything until this moment. There was no character relationship at, at all to get to this moment. It's a shame because they're acting it very well and it's well written and it's it's lovely. But who cares? And two, I just thought. This is so dumb, just as football players, they're giving away the play. It's literally the QB walking away with another player. You know, let's let's talk in privately. And and I'm just thinking, I mean, there there was, I will say, there was that one little twist where they're like, you're not going to throw it to Mario. And he's like, there's no fucking way I'm going to throw it to him. Yeah, no, I like that. And you're like, oh, okay, that was... 
that was sort of interesting, but I, cause then you don't really, don't yeah, know. yeah. I, I didn't, it was just so funny that you mentioned mystery. Cause I thought about that mystery, Alaska and gung ho. Mm-hmm. And then other movies were like, even it's a wonderful life where it's like, yeah. it's about the people in the town and the regrets that they might have and just trying to survive and be there for each other. And none of like, what is it? Oh, everyone gets excited. So they, they, they reopen their movie theater. That's what it is. That's like the big thing. Mm-hmm. That's how the rebuilding of this town. I just, I fat. This, I was just, I was done with this movie a couple minutes into after it started. I yeah. like Pamela Reed. I think I thought she was good. I thought Kurt Russell was good. But again, I didn't, there, I didn't care about the relationship. You know, I was like, oh, I, I never was thinking, yay, I'm glad they got back together. Cause I didn't, I didn't know who they were. You know, yeah. there's no setup mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or of, of who they were beforehand. So I don't know. I'm like a, a th- three Sheila, maybe two. I don't I'm living in that world. I, I, <laughs> I it's can, like you, you said, Dan, I don't know what to do with this movie. Give it a Sheila. You can't even be bothered. You're like, hey, it's a three. It's a two. Give it. Damon, you decide whether it's a, whether Fred gives it a three or two or a 2.5. Because he can't even be bothered. I like the central conceit of a guy who can't let let a mistake from the past go. It's haunting. Absolutely. That's, That's my nice life now. Constantly. <laughs> That's a nice, your friendship with us. Be, be say, <laughs> saying to me, for when I was a freshman, yeah, I'll be your friend. That's the thing you regret. <laughs> no, but the the that idea is a good seed of an idea. It's a good you know, sort of germination of something. But what they do with it just doesn't it doesn't track logically uh, a lot of it. But I I thought there were good good enough individual scenes to keep my interest. So I'm I'm at a I'll give it a five. I'm right on the right. My ass crack is sitting. The fence <laughs> post is embedded. I'm, I'm neither on one side nor the other. It's right in the crack. Yeah, I'm kind of. Right. I'm, I'm going to stick with three. Okay. I'm kind of a five too. That, yeah. but I mean, the way I'm talking about it, I'm really sounds like I'm less than that. You but seem I, lower. I, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but yeah, I mean, but five is like neither here nor there. It wasn't. <laughs> I know it. It sounds like it really offended me, but it it just kind of sat there. It it sat there and it happened and I watched it happen. I I think I think the idea of him not being able to let go is is interesting. It, his personal to- him not being able to move on in his life. Yeah. Over that and like how everybody else is like, dude, you know, like how how a person like that moves through life and how the people around him are affected by it and how he breaks himself out of that would be interesting. That would be yes, absolutely. Where, where the entire town drinks the Kool-Aid of like having to set this guy's life straight. That's yeah. why he doesn't deserve to catch that ball at the end. You're right. He deserves to drop it and yeah. have to face everyone's wrath. <laughs> they pummel him for ruining I think this. I think, I think this makes me, I have to be a four then. I have to, I got, I yeah, got to lower it. I, yeah, so if it's I'm, a three, clearly, four, five, that's all in the same range. Those aren't far enough apart to have like a May, December romance between our Sheila ratings. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, Fred, that is delightful. That was a delightful segue. I've never said that before. This one was just delightful. A May, December romance between our Sheila's. You cheeky little monkey. <laughs> it's Murphy's romance. <laughs> You're asking me about my sex life? Yes, I am. I divorced you. 
Yeah, and I saw you crying on the courthouse steps. Thank you. I don't know why she took you in the house. I fed you down with the dogs. Now I'm trying to get smarter. You having any luck? Caught you looking. <laughs> what are the ladies in town saying? They think three is a real interesting number. Oh, I'm 33 years old and I'm living like a nun. <laughs> Columbia Pictures presents Sally Field, James Garner. What'll I do with my life, Murphy? Murphy's Romance. Sally Field is Emma, a divorced. <laughs> Why am I saying it like that? Wow. That's how Sally Field would say it. Wow. <laughs> I'm Emma. No, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it good this time. I don't know. I'm not drinking. Why am I drinking? I'm not drinking. Why did I say I was? Murphy's Romance. <laughs> Sally Field is Emma, a divorced single mother seeking to start her life over by moving to a small town in Arizona with her son, played by Corey Haim. She builds a relationship with James Garner's Murphy, the older local pharmacist, but due to his age, it remains platonic. Things become complicated when Emma's ex-husband Bobby Jack, played by Brian Kerwin, shows up. Bobby claims to have changed his ways, but when he turns out to be the same man Emma divorced, she discovers her true feelings for Father Murphy. I mean Murphy. <laughs> Murphy's romance earned James Garner an Oscar nomination and earned $4.2 million over its opening weekend on a way to on a way on its way to a total box office take of $30.8 million. That's not too bad. That's not too shabby for Murphy's romance. Ooh. Fred and Dan. What'd you guys think of Murphy's Romance? I gotta say, this was a pleasant surprise for me. Yeah, me too. This was a movie that I remember, it was just, it was on cable all the time. I remember seeing it at the video store. Like, I remember the the VHS box. I didn't see it when it came out. Um, But I do remember it so clearly. I remember the At The Movies episode because it was, it was Brazil. Oh, revolution with our good pal Al and this. And I, I, I don't know why I remember that, but I remember it so clearly them talking about those three movies. And that was the first time I heard of revel. Like that's all I know of revolution are the clips that I saw on at the movies. And I didn't really know much about Al Pacino at the time, but I just remember thinking, is that guy doing a British accent? Because it doesn't sound like one. I'm confused. I wonder if so, Al was considered for this. Was he around Garner's age at this time? No, he was younger. No, no, no. They were looking for. My understanding is that they were they were looking at someone like a Paul Newman or a Marlon Brando. Uh, and to get James wow. Garner, the studios did not want James Garner because they considered him a TV actor. He wasn't a movie, right? He wasn't. a Yeah, movie and guy, Martin Ritt right. and Sally Field fought because they had done Norma Ray together. They yes. fought for. James Garner. They were like, wow. no, this is the guy. And someone and was someone, Pacino th- ever up for the Sally Field part? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe Paul Newman. How do you like your eggs? <laughs> <laughs> I believe Paul Newman was off for the role and he turned it down. So they do went your to. Do homework, yeah. Corey Haim. Do your homework. Speaking oh. of Corey Haim, the, <laughs> I mean, he looks exactly good. like Sally Field. He I does. mean, the, it, unbelievable. Yeah. There was one Herman. shot. He looks like the yes, child of those two was, actors. It was incredible. Yeah. And he was good really in this, good. but there was literally a shot of Sally Field where I thought, wait, is that Corey Aim? I'm like, oh no, that's Sally Field. <laughs> so very good casting. They did good. Anyway, I have been in this business 52 years and I will, I've never seen anything like this. And reality is the situation. 
and I, I can't speak. Yeah, this movie was a surprise to me from start to finish. Uh, and there were, you know, it, there were just things that I didn't see coming. Nothing I expected about it. There, you know, few issues here and there. But for the most part, I thought it was really likable. I, I, I really enjoyed. Well, going going back to what we we're saying about Best of Times with the town, you know, and telling how they tell yes. the story. So yes. Best so of Times starts. Yeah. It, it's so much better. Best of Times starts with this long montage where they're explaining everything to you and nothing adds up. This movie, the first five, ten minutes, there's no dialogue at all, and you know everything mm-hmm. about them. You're you right. everything is set up. You you know, you don't not everything, but you get the idea of it, it, it literally, you see them setting up like literally and story-wise, they're literally setting up the barn. You un, you you understand that, okay, there's a woman, a son, probably single mom, son. They're trying to build something new. They're hard workers. They're moving to a new, like everything is set up and there's no dialogue at all. And I, 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 I really like that. And then what I thought was so fascinating in terms of, again, best of times is trying to like make you love this town. You don't give a shit about mm-hmm. anyone. This one, you don't necessarily meet that many members of the town, but you immediately understand what this town is and yes. who these people are and how they live. And it's it's laid out so clearly. So you, it feels very lived in and they take their time and nothing is rushed. And I think that's what I appreciated the most about this movie. And I think that comes from what James Garner's doing and Sally Field. There's, there's no, you know, it's called Murphy's Romance. And you're like, okay, this is the guy named Murphy. So you immediately, you think they're just going to jump into that romance. It's an ironic title. It's an ironic, wonderfully ironic title. Yeah. Yeah. They really, they take their time. And I really like that. I did not expect, again, it's so weird to be like, oh, I did, there's all these things that jumped out at me that I didn't expect in, in a movie like this. But when the husband showed up, I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Oh, now mm. he's going to stay? He's living with mm-hmm. them? Yeah. I thought that was done really well. And I thought, I was like, okay, but he's probably going to be like a drunk asshole or something. And yes, he's a child. He's not, you know, like a fully developed, you know, grown man. But he meant well. He was had a good heart. And I thought th- it was all... Play, for the most part, he was trying mm. to be a good dad. Oh, he, he, was, he, he was terrible. He the, was lousy. Yeah, the t- I didn't the like him. Thing I, didn't, I thought movie. he was a piece of shit. I didn't yeah, the care tough for that thing guy. With this uh, movie. And he, he sticks around guy, way but, too long. I don't know how he yeah, stays there as long as he does. Yeah, it's tough to I, I, not he's, feel he's a like bad he's guy. He's a rotten yeah, guy. It, that, that's the tough thing in the movie. He, he cheats playing cards with his child. He like takes steals money from the ex-wife. He throws... He throws like, a party. Yeah, what, what is he yeah. doing? He's, he's not just, a great guy, but I didn't think- He's a terrible I, I, guy. He's there because he has no other <laughs> options. He's terrible. And yeah, he's an it, asshole it, to that, everybody. That's a, t- that's a tough thing I, I'm to sorry, reconcile. I, I, he's not a good guy. He's yeah, a but pretty I like, you know guy. what? Okay, may, may, you're the right. The actor but did I, a great job. I like the way he played it. He didn't lean into yes. playing it like like, um, that, yeah. like the Dwight Yoakam character in, in Sling Blade or something, where you're just it, immediately it, like, oh, God, yeah, he's, 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 he's the victim. It's very clear he thinks he's the victim of circumstance and that he and he thinks he's a better guy than he is. Yes, I agree with you. You know, at the heart of it, it's Sally Field and James Garner. Mm-hmm. Dude, did I buy? Now look, I, I really didn't buy their sexual any like that, like a romantic chemistry. They had a great chemistry. I like the together. scene where she kissed a bag of applesauce. Oh wait, that was James <laughs> Garner's face. 
Now, apparently, I read in an interview that she said the best kiss, the best on-screen kiss she's ever had was with James Garner in this movie. Wow. That's what she's going to say when she's been... That's what she's going to say when she's on the interview circuit trying to get an Oscar nomination. What else are you going to say? It was like kissing my dad. I'll take the check now. This is an interview. You don't get a check. Oh. Now, I guess this is based on a book. In the book, they don't get together. You know, they they remain... Yeah, really? there's no. That's interesting. But but I I thought they had a great chemistry. I yeah. really liked him. I thought he was charming. I liked how they don't shy away from the age stuff at all. You know, there's that they play into that. The the fact that yeah. there's a great bingo scene where she goes in the bathroom and the older woman's talking about menopause, and you see <laughs> the wheels turning of of Sally Field being like. I don't know. Like, am I ready to be with someone that old? I love that you, you never find out, you know, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but you don't find out how old he is until the very last line. You know, it's, I don't know. I liked, I I thought the, it was really good dialogue. The only, the the biggest knock I have on the movie uh, is I, would you say, calm down, David Sanborn. We know you can play oh the sax. Oh my God, Fred. Oh calm my God. down, David Sanborn. You're so right. David Sanborn's <laughs> yes. music should be played. Put the sax down. Should be played at, at one time and one time only. If you are in New York City, it's late at night yes. and the streets are wet and you're yes. driving along. That's the time and the red light is going and, and, you're, and, and there's some sort of neon glistening off the street. That's the time for David Sanborn's soul, saxophone music. What is it doing in this movie? Oh, it made no what, sense. Oh, oh, no, not the beat! Not the beat! Where none of the Hank Williams is available, where none of the, where no none country music Hank people, Williams. I hate, can't stand Hank Williams Jr., but was anybody else, was anyone else available, was, you know, give, uh, give, who sings Devil Went Down to Georgia, give him a call, call Charlie Daniels, <laughs> get Charlie Daniels on the horn. They played it well. I thought it was nice. I thought those last lines were great. I'm in love for the last time in my life. I'm in love for the first that. time in my I life. That. That was, I was very that's moved very by charming. that. I love, yeah. and I, you know, the, the reason they're, if we can even call it chemistry works is because they don't lean into it. There's no, there are very few, like I'm hot for you kind of glances. There's no sizzle between Never. them. He's more of a protector to her yeah. mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and more of a sort of a guide and a sage and a, and a, and a, and just a helper and everything and, and looking out for her. And it's a, and he's slow, a gentleman. He's, he's a, a true, true gentleman. gentleman and it's a slow burn. It's a slow yeah. simmer. And that is yeah. so lovely and so unusual to see. And you kind of don't know until you know, you know, but what's, what's wonderful about Gar- what Garner is doing is that, you know, you can see you can see the wheels turning behind his eyes behind you know inside of him of like i'm having a feeling here you know and it's way, mm-hmm. it's way down deep it's very subtle and it's underneath and i just love that because it's not a romance in the traditional sense it's just a he's thinking mm-hmm. about it what kind of husband were you murphy well, i don't know that i was so easy to live with i uh, don't demonstrate everything i feel I am stubborn. I was a little tight about money. They say if you have one good marriage, you can have another. They're rare. I know. I was a little surprised to find a woman in love with me. Why, don't you like yourself? Yes, I do. 
I just didn't expect it to be contagious. And he's considering yeah. it and he's going, I don't know about that. He's he's doubting it himself. You see all of that happening inside of James Garner. I think that's probably why he got an Oscar nod for this is because you see it. He's wonderful at putting those thoughts into his eyes. And, and there's mystery behind it. I, I really loved it. I, I think, yeah, the flaws for me are. It, 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 you know, I, I'm with you, Fred. I think Kerwin plays it well. I think he plays it well with what he's given. But I yeah. think that were the movie to make him, um, a, 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 you know, a, make him a little more. Let me see what. See, but this is tricky, though. I was going to say, let me see what Sally Field sees in him. But she's not sleeping with him. She kicks him out of the bedroom. No. She's like, no, you're you're going to be a farmhand in essence. You're yeah. going to be a stable hand. And I will let you stay because of the relationship you seem to have with the son. And, mm-hmm. and right. that's got to be the hook. And that's got to be the anchor. And that's what Kerwin is actually trying to do. And I love that he that hug, that first hug between him and Corey Haim is genuine. Yeah. And he really feels it. And I liked that a lot. But I didn't like the dance hall scene. Where they're where they're sort of tugging her no, back. That and was forth. silly. That was the only unnecessary. Thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Unnecessary. You don't need that scene. We already know that he's her protector. You two got a lot to talk about, don't you, Dad? We exchange a few words, son. You know what I think, Dad? Could we sever this family relationship? I'm not your dad. I wouldn't be too happy if I were. I think you're banging Emma. Bang. Kind of an ugly expression for that particular pleasure. <clears throat> How about fucking? I don't like that one a whole lot better. Yeah, but that's what's going on, isn't it? If I'd had that privilege, I wouldn't be taking it up with you over a garbage can. Well, I'm taking it up with you. You are a miserable little son of a bitch. You know that? I don't know why she took you in the house. I'd bed you down with the dogs. And I'll tell you something else, mister. You may be a lot younger and stronger, but you're about to get your ass kicked from here to the state line. And I'm wearing the boots that can do it. And you don't. Yep. And I, I did not like the deus ex machina of the other girlfriend coming in. The twins, the baby twins were very cute. They're no Jacob, Joseph and Adam. And no, and but that is a that is a that's a weakness, though, because it, it's like the, it's it, the movie a, writes itself into a corner where you it, yeah. it had to do something like that because it spins its like wheels it. for too long right. with this triangle of because yeah. it is weird. It starts getting to a point like so James Garner just eats there every night with them. Then he does feel like the uncle or the grandpa or something. It's, Ooh, it's a weird dad. dynamic. Like, dad. Hey, dad. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a bizarre. funny dynamic. It's interesting because yeah. it's very unique. I haven't really seen that in a movie before. Like very. where it's like, okay, divorced yeah. dad back, like trying to make inroads, but she's keeping him at arm's length there but for this the kid. Father figure and then this other guy way. like there, yeah. like every <laughs> night, just, I mean, he's not inviting himself over, but he's like right. more yeah. than willing, right. like you say, as a protector, maybe to like <laughs> keep an eye out and That's keep an eye, you doing. know, like try to take care of them. But it's yeah. a, it's a very, yeah, it's an odd, odd dynamic, but it's all very charming. I mean, the movie's funny. The movie's, very charming. It's actually quite romantic in its way. He yes. is excellent. Garner. Sally Field is excellent. It's very interesting that in real life, their age difference was not as 
pronounced as the one in the movie. Is that now, right? Normally you have like a, a, people with a wider disparity yeah. of age and you try to like make it seem like the guy's a little younger and the, the, the 25 year old is a little more mature, uh, but it's not, it's not that. I think she was in her late thirties, not 33. It says she's 33 oh, in the wow. movie. I'm like, wow, she was in her late thirties and he was 58 at the time. He wasn't even 60 yet. Wow. Um, okay. And I think wow. he says he's 60 at the end. Right. So it's, I mean, it's still, probably a 20 year difference between them, but just not as pronounced as the screenplay uh, (laughs) suggests. And a lot of movies would try to close that gap. You know what I mean? Like to, to, to play into, well, it's not that, you know, yeah, this goes the other way. I like it, but this is the, but that's the point of this movie. Like saying like how far, you know, truly the May Decemberness of all. (laughs) No, I, I, I like them both very much and I enjoy it, you know, and and the James Garner character, you know, this kind of, this handsome, rugged, older, like dad, like figure in Mm. the Reagan eighties, this is like very much like a, that's the figure of like, yes. that's the, the ma- masculinity comes in kind of two forms at this time. It's like, it's Reagan and Rambo. And you, so you've got right. like, you know, like shirtless action hero. And yeah. then you've got like American dad figure who's like, but, but a know, big John old lefty, like super liberal, you know, with like the right. bumper stickers yeah, on his, no, you yeah, know, I love that. Yeah, that he's, really John, he's John Wayne if he were a lefty, right? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty mm-hmm. pretty good. Which again, another surprise sort of took me, you know, for it came out of left field. I was like, oh, I didn't didn't expect that. You know, right. James, you think of James Garner's Maverick, he's the cowboy, yeah. and like yeah. he's going to be the one who is, uh, you know, sort of the hard nosed, you know, Midwestern uh, conservative or something. But no, he's I, right off the bat. I think he calls, doesn't he? <laughs> She she calls oh, him a bleeding heart liberal. That's what it is. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Doesn't she in in passing at one point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which Not I in thought passing, was, but at the at the pharmacy at the soda counter. Yeah, and he's offended by it. He's he, yeah. He's put, he's put off by that. You know, he's like, hey, uh, he doesn't like the labels. I think I think that's part of it too. That's I think what it he is. Likes being. Not enigmatic in that in, way. You know, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Enigmatic. Yeah. 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 She asked him for, I like that scene where she asked him for a loan and he very, he very, you know, politely and in very logically is like, I can't do it. And here's why. But he finds a way. You know, he finds another uh, way, them a work. way. He gives to them help opportunity. Her. Yeah. Yeah. He gives them, he, yeah. And, he, and he, he bandies her name around, not bandies it around, but like helps advertise her business and gets her people. But that's also very Reagan 80s. Well, it's that's very Reagan it. 80s. No yeah. handouts, a, 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 a leg up, an opportunity, that's like, you it. know, like or you work, yeah. earn what you get kind of thing. But like that yeah. messaging is still there. There's an undercurrent of that. Not because he's not uh, that he has a hard and fast rule. Like you say, he's like, these are the people I've, you know, I've got loans out <laughs> to people and I can't mm-hmm. uh, I can't foot any more bills. Logical. But, you know, but yeah, as he logical. was looking through those files, I thought I truly thought he was going to say, and these and so, are the Rockford files. <laughs> but he didn't say that. And that's why I'm at a two. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm pretty high on this one. I do wish. Me too. I wish mm. Sally Field's character made more of a decision by herself, you know, in terms of kicking Meaning out what, the ex-husband. Getting rid of that the was, Well, yeah, that's where I thought that's, yeah, that's why I don't like the, 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 the other girlfriend coming by and he's like, I guess I got to go now because of response. I liked their little scene where he's like, 
where she's like, people grow up. Yeah. People. And he's like, I don't want to work. I don't want to do stuff. He's like, and she was like, everybody does it. Most people yeah. have to do it. Most people have yeah. to slog through life. It's the way it goes. Go and do this now. I liked that, but yeah. she should have had that conversation with him without having to have the deus ex machina of this other woman come in and force it. Uh, you're right, Fred. I, she should have come to that herself and said, yeah. it's time for you to go. You didn't need that in there. You know, I'm, I'm um, a seven point five on this. I really enjoyed it I'm much more than I thought it was going to be. I'd give it an eight. You know, I thought it was a nice, like a in the B range. You know, uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was a, it was a, a a nice surprise for me. Yeah, where yeah, are you? Maybe I'll go seven. I'll, I, I said seven, but I'll go I'll go seven point five. Also, yes. yeah, it was it was good. It was good. I yes. did enjoy it. I wasn't crazy about the presence of the, the father. Like when you say when he, when he hugs the kid, I, I don't know. It's a, my distaste for that character was so high so early. And that just, and he is such a large part of the proceedings, which I found annoying in a way. I like, because honestly, you, you don't really get to feel those two characters, Sally Field and James Garner come to, like you say, the, the the title is almost ironic because they don't really have a chance to develop a romance. It's uh, it's happening right. per- peripherally to the drama of the 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 dad coming yeah. back and and is he going to regain the family? Is he going to stay with the family? Is he going to cut and run? Is he going to you know? I, I actually thought I expected that the father was going to just up and leave, like some opportunity was going to come along and he'd be like, "That's I'm what I thought here, too," as opposed them. to. Yeah, as opposed to, I got to take care of these twin babies now. You know, yeah, the deus ex machina thing uh, bothered me too. But, um, but yeah, but they, but Sally Field, always wonderful. James Garner, charm to spare. Yeah, we have to say, I I love, love Sally Field. For me, she, and I think I've said this on a previous episode. I can't remember. It might have been the Steel Magnolias episode, but for me, she's right up there with Keaton. She's right up there with Meryl. She's, she's, she's at, in, in the top echelon for me. She's so good. This places in the heart. Yeah. You mentioned Rit, um, also, uh, did Norma Ray mm-hmm. uh, and the front Martin Rit. That's the front. He did the front. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Stanley and Iris. He did nuts. He did the nuts. Right. He did nuts. Like we saw Nick Nolte's nuts. Oh, we did see them dangle for a moment, yes. for a brief shining moment. Talk about a sack of potatoes. I don't mean to piss on your hydrangeas, but there were some Nolte nuts this week. <laughs> Richard, please sit down. That was Richard. He just popped in real quick. That wasn't me doing Richard. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get to your movie. We'll get to that. We'll yeah, Nick Nolte's not. It's very funny. Nick Nolte. This is basically this movie is exactly how we remember him. So this is this his most iconic role because it's exactly how I always yeah. picture him. Clearly, the um, first fifteen minutes, yes. Down and out in Beverly Hills. You don't know a thing about this man. He's a father. You really an actor? You were in an ashram. So you're a writer. I'm just bummed. You look more like a millionaire to me. He's ruining all the flowers. He's cleaning out all the refrigerators. Oh my God! He's gonna give that dog fleas. Mm-hmm. 
You have the look of the vagabonds here. There goes the neighborhood. So, um, what's with this Jerry guy? Jerry. 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 Jerry who? Oh, Jerry. Did you just diddle Carmen? I think I see your aura. I think he's diddling Carmen. When homeless Jerry Baskin, played by Nick Nolte, loses the only thing that matters in his world, his dog Kerouac, he decides to call it quits, sneaking into a wealthy stranger's backyard to drown himself in the pool. However, Jerry's suicide attempt is foiled by wire hanger mogul Dave Whiteman, played by Richard Dreyfus, who pulls Jerry out of the water and into his home. But Dave's empathy and hospitality are not echoed by his status-obsessed wife, Barbara, played by Bette Midler, nor the family maid, Carmen, played by Elizabeth Pena, with whom Dave is having an affair. Director Paul Mazursky's social satire, notable for being the Walt Disney Company's first R-rated theatrical release, was a hit with critics and audiences alike, earning $5.7 million over its opening weekend, en route to a total box office of $62.1 million. Fred and Dan, what'd you guys think of Down and Out in Beverly Hills? I'm the punky QB known as McMahon. I'm sorry. <laughs> the This movie, I had never seen it. I'm the putsy QB. <laughs> I'm the putsy QB. Putz. <laughs> what is better than Richard Dreyfuss yelling putz yelling multiple putz. times at, at a dog. Movie. At a dog. At a dog. Fantastic. No. I hadn't seen this. I had never seen it until the you, other wow. night. Yep. And, um... Uh, you know, I'd seen clips and things like that. And I knew the basic story, but I'd never seen it. And it, it was very surprising to me. I didn't know it was very unpredictable mm-hmm. to me. I, I liked uh, all of their pers- performances. I especially liked Elizabeth Pena. I thought she was yeah, dynamite. I so always like her. I always like oh, her. She's, she's so great. really good. Yeah. <laughs> the daughter is the, is the sister from another movie I love, Some Kind of Wonderful. She's the sister in that. Tracy yeah. Nelson. Yeah. Rick yeah, Nelson's she's great. daughter. Um, and she's from uh, Square Pegs. Um, the things I really was, you know, the things I was surprised by with this movie are um, how much I, you talk about enigmatic, even though Nolte is basically a mystery through this whole thing. He's mm-hmm. lying, you know, he's, he's spinning tales about himself through the whole thing. You don't really get to know his full story kind of at all. He's just this, he's as much a mystery at the end as he is in the beginning. And I yeah. really truly loved that about this it's like i was like holy shit that's the ending that's <laughs> he just go yeah. i mean not, not spoiling thing, but he just goes back in and they keep going they're just gonna keep going this way and then the wonderful credit sequence if you watch through the credits another homeless man comes in grabs the as the credits roll takes the um dog food can and walks towards camera and then walks off camera and it's like and, and 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 you just see this rows and rows and rows and rows of garbage cans, you uh-huh. know, and you just go, wow, this is this is. And you think about L.A., how it is now, right now, you know, with and such homeless problems and people living in tents on Sunset Boulevard. And, you know, I mean, and it's like, how many people do we have? We walked past every day in, in you know, in New York, in Peoria, in wherever we are. And you just go, this is a great what if movie, right? What if the rich guy took in the very, very poor guy and what would happen? What actually, what actually would happen and what might, what might happen if, um, you know, this person, we saw him in a different light or a different way or presented himself in a different way or, or, or anything. And the, the, um, the charm of Nick Nolte 
because he is charming and he is yeah. <laughs> and we we no, think he, of him like this, but but I, he's, I know he's, he just, it's no, so he's fun very, to think of him that way. Yeah. But he's you know you look at when when he was a young man, he's a, a full on hunk. You know, in oh, things yeah. like rich man, poor man, and things like that. He's like a hunky, hunky North guy. 40, so you know, this yeah. was really, really fun. Um, and I felt for for all the characters. I thought Dreyfus was doing his Dreyfus thing in the first twenty minutes to to the point where I was like, oh, I'm gonna hate this. You know, I'm gonna hate this character. I'm not gonna ever mm-hmm. empathize with him. But you know, once he starts to change, and once, especially once he starts to see Nick Nolte as a threat, I was like, oh, now I'm in. I'm completely in. I'm. I, I, this is this took a great turn you know yeah. and uh and then midler he starts one by one nolte makes his way through every woman in the sleeps house. with everyone in his life uh, yeah uh, 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 dreyfus is great i mean they're all great dreyfus is terrific. great it's it's shades of what he'll later do with what about bob where yeah, it's like this guy that. like yeah. winds up torturing him you know like uh, coming into his You're world driving him crazy torturing yeah. him um <laughs> But he is, you know, and it's uh, you, you talk about the, the whole conceit of this. It's like a Preston Sturges kind of. It, 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 it's kind of like yes. it's trading Super places. If, if if it's trading yes. places, if the rich person was magnanimous, like really was like, can I help you? Can I <laughs> can right. I help give you a true leg up instead <laughs> of using you for a social experiment? That's and right. then uh, you know, it, it's it's <laughs> and I found I saw this in high school, probably again, this same, maybe not the same weekend, but thereabouts. I saw it when it was very new in the theater. Oh, since it was R, did you have to go with your folks? I think I saw this one. No, I think I went, I think I got in by myself because I in. didn't go with, I nice. didn't go with family to this. And I went in and I reviewed it for the school ah. paper. And I, so I, <laughs> I remember that. And so I, I think I went and saw it twice and I really liked it, but couldn't, appreciate it at the time for, yeah, I was just like, Oh, it's crazy. It's funny. It's, you know, yeah. Um, but the opening is so heartbreaking. I mean, just the, just the disparity between the haves and have nots and the homeless population. And at that point when I was in high school, having never seen really a homeless person in my life, except for like one time driving through the Bowery in New York city with my grandfather and being like, Oh my God, look at these people on the side of the road, (laughs) never having seen it. And now knowing it so intimately from living so much of my life in New York city, really, really heartbreaking. And then I'm telling you, and this is also as a dog owner too, but also thinking of a person who has nothing when he loses his dog and the oh, desperation, yeah. the desperation yeah. of looking for his dog, seeking his dog. The look it, on it, his it face before he jumps in the pool. Amazing. I was He's like, incredible. that's Nick Nolte's Nolte acting is, ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is like, I don't know if he got nominated for anything for this, like a Golden Globe mm. or anything, but he may have and sh- should have. I think he's really fantastic in this. Yeah. And that was kind of, for me, almost the most powerful part of the movie was really the beginning. And then I thought it was interesting. And again, I keep saying product of it, uh, these movies as a product of their time. Reagan 80s, there is a little yeah. something in the social satire of like the super wealthy guy being like the, I'm 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 trying to help a person out and look at what he's lying to me and taking from me and right. and and everything he's doing to me the good rich hard working you know hanger manufacturer yeah, who just man, got not lucky me. yeah right exactly. right and that yeah. and that Nolte like you say we never really learn the truth and that everything he says is basically a lie and he winds up sleeping with every woman in his life and he is still charming and he is still like we like Nolte's character but he is it's what we fear about like 
if I give uh, the homeless person a dollar, what's he going to do with it? You know what I mean? Like that. But is it that though? Kind because of, he do, he does he doesn't do anything bad to any of them. He only does good things to all of them. He fucks he fucks he, the man's <laughs> wife, daughter, and mistress. No, I'm not saying he's a great guy. He's got a mistress. All of their lives. He enriches all Dreyfus's. of their lives. Richard Dreyfus <laughs> says to him at the beach. He says, "Yeah, she should fool around too and do her good." He says it. He gives him. He opens the door. I know he says it, but he doesn't mean it. With the guy, he's standing. Come on, we people say things and they don't really mean that. And he certainly doesn't mean you should also sleep with my daughter and the woman I'm sleeping with on the side. He doesn't mean that. And so I think when Richard Dreyfus smiles at the end, I love that moment at the very end. Fuck spoilers. Sure. So Nolte goes back and he's got the big grin on his face. Yes. Like we're all one big family now. And one then he gets this other look on his face. Yeah. yeah. And then he gets this the look on his face. Like, yeah. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> That's it. Because I'm literally just inviting this man in to just fuck my whole family but it's wonderful jay but that's wonderful because great. he it knows he's got a he knows You're two right. things he knows my family is happier because this guy has <laughs> right. done everyone some good including me and this B, crazy dysfunctional this family is yeah. fucked up you know he's he's, mm-hmm. he's realizing both things in the same space i love and it i love the scene with i love the scene with the son with his son, Wonderful. when 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 Nolte basically says, "I wanted Be who more you are, of and your and your father will accept you." I mean, yeah. it was fantastic. Yes, you're right. Nolte is a very he is a he is a chaos element, but he is also like he he does good. good for the family. Yeah, you're right. Dreyfus is. I mean, his I I, I loved mm-hmm. him in it. I, I thought he was great, and I just thought his whole character is just so he's so desperately looking for connection and like to feel validated with his kids as well. So it's like, that's what it is. Nolte is, it's a fucked up situation. And you're right that because, you know, watching it this time going, Oh wait, it it was weird. Like I knew how it ended. I'd seen it before, Mm -hmm. but thinking, Really? That that wow! That is how it is. He just goes back in, but it's just that last shot of Dreyfus going. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah. What the fuck? What am I doing? Is, yeah. But it's that it's that thing of like. But I don't know if this is what's gonna bring us all together, you know, and make me feel like a you know a, a good person and a human being and have a family. Then maybe this is what it is. But mm-hmm. I remember I saw this in the theaters too, and it came out. Jane, I saw it with my parents, and I remember seeing it with my oh, parents. Cool. And I remember loving it and just thinking it was so funny. I I awesome. almost feel like we might have seen it again. We might have gone twice yeah. to see it in the theaters, but I re- but I hadn't seen it in ages. And man, I was so happy to see that it, it held up. I yeah. thought it was great. I thought I really liked Richard Dreyfuss in it. Yeah, I thought I remembered, you know, the Kerouac scene with, and I remember even as a kid feeling really moved by that and thinking like, God, that's done so well. Mm. It was funny. I noticed just on, a, on an off topic, I'm watching the credits. And I'm going music by Andy Summers. Of the police, and you hear oh, in the, Andy wow. Summers, the guitarist from the police, wow. and in that scene in particular, when he's looking for Kerouac, if you mm. go back and listen to it, you're like, oh yeah, that sounds like a police. It, it sounds like Andy Summers, yeah, 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 play, yeah. his guitar style well, playing. That, yeah, it was very interesting. Most people have said to Nick Nolte at one time or another, "Don't stand so close to me." Most people have said <laughs> that to him, but I'm they sorry. were all doing that. Stuart, because Stuart Copeland has scored tons of movies too. He was doing a lot of that, so I guess Andy Summers was getting into the racket too. That's cool. anyway. Um, I thought they were great. I swear to God, when, when Dreyfus first, when he was just going, oh, shut up, you putts. I was, I, I <laughs> it's classic just Dreyfus. guffawed. Um, 
Yeah, I thought they were great. I was very moved by Richard Dreyfus. I'm like, he's, because I guess maybe, you know, being a dad myself, if kids were getting bigger, I'm like, he just wants to talk to his kids. Oh, he just yeah. wants to talk to his kids. And he's got no patience for his son, you know, and he's like, oh, just wants to talk to his daughter. And yeah, I thought, I thought he did really well with that. Um, everything made sense. I was, you know, I was taken aback by Nick Nolte's balls. That was amazing. I was like, wow, there they are. They're just hanging there for a split second. You saw the magic there. You saw the coffee can. Um, and I thought, I was just, I thought, I I was like, wow, Paul Mazursky's a really good comedic director, especially in in the group scenes, like the big group scenes. It was like Marx Brothers, you know, like it was just all these scenes. I'm like, totally. He he handled it really well. Just a lot of people coming in, like, you know, the whole first scene where Dreyfus, you know, is is about to have sex with Elizabeth, where he's having sex with Elizabeth Pena and the dog hits the alarm (laughs) and just all the people coming in, all the cops and little Richard, who's fantastic. He's so I good in this Little movie. I loved Richard in this. He was great. I loved him in this. I oh, remember man. him having an even larger part than he does, ultimately. Mm. I remember him being a Me very, too. looming very large when I saw it as a teenager. He and was he's very, fantastic, very. But he doesn't, doesn't have that many scenes, you know. Two weeks ago, a thief tried to break in my house. Called the police. Good God almighty. It took 20 minutes for the policeman to arrive. One little car. No dog. No chopper. And I know why I don't get the protection that I'm supposed to get. Because I'm black. Black. I'm a black man. Ain't no black man supposed to live in Beverly Hills. To your point before about Nick Nolte, like really, you know, he yeah, he's, he's an opportunist, you know, yeah. but he was he and taking advantage of the Survivor. family. But mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. sort of. Even it's it was interesting, even though he lies about so much of his life. And I love that, too, Dan, that you never really find out, you know, his story. But he also is pretty honest right up front where he's like, like, this is what I do. I don't want your help. You know, like, I want to get out of here. I want to eat the way I eat. I want to go hang out with my friends on the beach. He's pretty upfront about who I am. You know, he's not like a hanger factory. Yeah, he's a cantankerous Dude, be like, listen, I'm I'm a loner. I want to do things my own way. So, and I I like that. I like that he sort of just lays it on the table and, but Dreyfus is (laughs) just so- talking about his balls? (laughs) (laughs) He does. With Bette Midler, who is is lovely in it. I thought she was great. She was very funny. She is a little broad um, to me and I don't- in the beginning, in the early scenes, yeah. I in the beginning, right. she, yeah. I agree with you. I thought she got she got better as it went along. I was actually very moved by her during the Balinese massage scene, you know? Yes. Yeah, I yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I thought she did a great she job. It. It I great. mean, it was like the, the reactions were so ridiculous, but I was laughing at them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my, my favorite moment, though, was when... Uh, they're like, they're talking about Richard. I think it was Richard Dreyfus. They're talking about all the homeless, the different homeless people. And he's like, yeah, some of, some of these guys on the street seem pretty crazy. And then it cuts to the doctor talking to Matisse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yes. God. That was amazing. And he suffers from nipple anxiety. Yeah. Ah, Matisse, what a lovely dog you are. Such a pretty dog. And such pretty eyes you have. What a lovely dog. I hear you're not eating, Matisse. Dr. Von Zimmer has some food for you. Here you are. Oh, Matisse. 
Oh, Matisse, you're very angry, aren't you? Uh, I liked how they explored, like, the gender fluidity of the sun. I thought they did that in a really yeah. nice way and lovely way. And, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it from start to finish. I was I was just going, thank God, thank God, because I remembered loving it, and I hadn't seen it in decades. And I I thought it was great. And you know what I forgot? I was looking it up, as I as I often do. I was looking up, trying to find some, like, little factoids about, about the movie, and I forgot and there was a TV series and with Hector oh, Elizondo right. played the Dreyfus role and Tim Thomerson played Nick Nolte. And I, it came Come back because I remember I was so, because I love this movie so much, I remember being so excited for the TV show and it flopped. Yeah. You know, you I, think, I don't even think it made it through a season. <laughs> my God. But I, I remember Hector being like, Elizondo, but Tim he's great, yeah. I just remember being really excited for him. Being like, oh, I can't wait to watch this show. It's I love this movie. And now there's a TV show. And yeah. If was, Tim wow, Thomerson isn't back. fighting the Incredible Hulk and or Jean-Claude Van Damme, <laughs> you don't have my money. I'm sorry. He's got to be a cyborg of some kind. You won the contest. I feel great. like everyone was like, it was a fully fleshed out, really well-developed family. Yeah. Like it was a very true. honest, everything about the family just was it was the relationships yeah, seemed very right. real and honest to me and like I knew who they were right off the bat and I thought yeah none of them were shortchanged by it you know uh, for the sake well, of the Dreyfus movie just was, to focus oh, on oh you're not referring to his height I thought you were referring to jeez <laughs> oh, I thought you were <laughs> I really man I really like Dreyfus in this movie no, I did too it was great I did too I did too great. in it's, a way he was my favorite I think as much as I love him if only we could tell him in person. Oh, wait, wait, hang on a second. The fu- wait, hello, wait, uh, wait, uh, wait, uh, hello, you're on the opening. Wait, hello, wait. you turkeys. <laughs> Mr. Oh, Dreyfus. Mr. Dreyfus. Listen to me. Don't piss on my hydrangeas. Wow. Give it a high Sheila rating, right, Sheila? Sheila's here, by oh. the way. She's listening. Oh, I love you too, sweetie. Oh, there she is. Oh, she's right there in the background. Hi, Sheila. <laughs> Listen, I said I would try to give you the Balinese massage as well, but your pincers aren't as long as Bette Midler's legs were, so <laughs> it's hard to do. Maybe Nikki can come over and, and help out sometime. Pincers. You're goddamn right. Yeah, I am, Dick. Did did you just climb through the window again, Nicholas? I sure did. I just climbed right in. I've been, uh... Can mm. you put on some clothes, please? No, no, I'm reenacting. We're doing a remake right now. This is called a reboot. (laughs) Down and hanging out. Hanging hanging down and hanging all the way out. Mazursky spent hours in the editing room trying to cut those pendulous coffee cans out. I got my Mazurskis out right (laughs) here. I got one down. I got one out. Nick <laughs> Nolte and Richard Dreyfus. So now, first things first. How was the Together rest of the for the first time? How, how was the how was the rest of the holiday party? That was the last time we we heard from you. Was was oh. you were having a holiday party at Sayer of the Flaws Ranch up in Montana? How did the rest oh, of that go? Was it fun? It was. I, I think it was. I slept through most of it. I woke up on the feast of the Epiphany. I woke up on January sixth, I think, and uh, and I said, "Oh, I gotta get my have a twelfth night celebration to go to." <laughs> I didn't know what that was, but I found something in my pocket that said I was supposed to go to one. 
I love that you know ex- precisely when the feast of the Epiphany is. What the hell? Who the hell don't you got? You got to it. Yeah, here's what the, the important days in a man's Most life. Most of the Semitic day. preference, we don't. I don't know what you're talking about, Nolsey. Unless you're talking about Purim. I, I know I'm never talking about Purim, but I like, but I like yeah. a little bit of Purim. I, I feed my cat Purim. <laughs> you had a Purim. You got a Perm for the movie. I think you did. On the balls, yes. That was to keep it. Keep them high and tight. That's what I told Mazursky. I said, don't worry. They're not going to be too many stragglers and strays. It's going to be they're gonna be high and tight. It's going to look like Little Orphan Annie. Right there. It's going to look like a nice The only holidays perm. I'm aware of is the Feast of Krippendorf, which I celebrate. <laughs> we celebrate every year with the twins. The rest of the party was good. It got a bit contentious. Oh. Jacob Joseph started to try. He got a little randy with Sheila. Oh, Sometimes we have no. to put him in his place. Uh-oh. Similar to my affair with the lovely Elizabeth Pena <laughs> in this movie. Jacob Joseph doesn't realize that Sheila has moved on. She, she and, certainly uh, has. She, my, she's, my fins are, are well placed between her pincers. And back off, Jacob Joseph. That's right. Sometimes I forget you got fins and flippers and shit. I, even though I'm staring right at you, I just figure it's the aging process. Now, Mr. Nolte, are you going to help little Richard and Richard? No, not little Richard, little Richard. Little, but, but, that's what I call him, little Richard and Richard. One's down, one's out. What? Say it again. You, well, that's why we named the little Richard that's from. What I figured. Are you going to help them Good the way golly. you helped Richard Dreyfus's characters' kids in the movie? Are you going to help Richard oh, and yeah. his actual oh, children? Yeah. Well, no, no, Please don't I, sleep with Richard. <laughs> Nolte, keep your danglers away from my daughter. Mm, well, you're going to have to get on the time phone and tell me that, because... Uh, <laughs> oh, no. oh, oh, you putz. No. Already, already made that, uh, we call it the French mistake. <laughs> ah, the French mistake of the epiphany. Oh. Yeah. Mm, I could I could go for a French mistake right now. Just nice. Medium a rare. Bean cut. Yeah, medium. Medium rare. But no, seriously, yeah, Richard knows she's a tender lover. Oh god. Richard, you've got to keep I'm sure he's not serious. Keep him away from your children. They're children. Yeah, I don't know. What, what they, what they, I, to be fair, the bumblebees or whatever they are, they age much quicker. You know, their lifespan. That's it's just true. Listen, <laughs> listen, I love my children, but I don't care enough of them. I want to know what, I what, what, what was the shield rating for my movie? Oh, okay. Nick. Oh, oh, right. okay. Well, let's let's uh, hand it back to the, those three idiots. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. You're right there. <laughs> was it was it higher or lower than my performance, my Sheila rating in Close Encounters? Oh, oh wow, that's oh, a good question. I'm going to go sl- only or slightly nuts. lower, Mr. Dr. Or Daddy Kravitz. <laughs> Speaking of nuts, or Krippendorf's. I'm gonna or Lansky. <laughs> when are you when are you going to review Lansky? I think on that was a, I think that was a TV movie. So I think it was on HBO or something. You so don't, don't do TV movies? No, we don't. Goodbye, girl. Always. Well, those are real movies, yeah. I'd be happy to come in and curate a podcast just on my... I bet you could do that on your own. (laughs) I bet you could. We can't. I challenge you. I think you could start one up on, uh, you know, you could get on the Squadcast on a separate 
you know, do I need just, to get a computer for thing. that? Do I need to get? Do I need to know how to use technology? You, you do might, need. Yes, might do. Your, you might do. Your flippers and 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 uh, <laughs> fins might have a tough time. Yeah, uh, you know, with the keyboard. But for those who don't know, Richard Dreyfus is half quail, half salmon. I, I know we should have said it. Beverly Hills, eight point five. Eight point five. I'm That's sorry, what I give Mr. it to. Dreyfus. Eight point five. Oh, Jason's right there, right there with. I'm right there. Eight point five. Fred, I'm going to give you? it Richard. I'm going to give it a nine. I had a, I had a blast. Nice. Thank you. You've always been my favorite. <laughs> You've always been my favorite Shocker. since since Shocker. episode one. Get it? You've <laughs> always. Thank you, Richard. <gasps> oh, his favorite, I give that a ten. Ten Sheila's always. He's Oh, I gotta go. I'm getting nipple anxiety. Oh. Thank you so much for calling in, Mr. Drivers. Mr. Nolte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for uh, what holiday now, is it? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, we're in the new year. Uh, the ne- Probably Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to the both oh, of well, you. Oh, thank you. I l- I'm going to celebrate by having sex with everybody at Richard's house. <laughs> I guess I'll watch like usual. Oh, for mm. God's sake. Goodness, the spirit. Turkey. From, st- oh, wait, uh, oh, they're gone. Are uh, they gone? They're gone. Oh, they're yep. gone. Was, oh thank God. That oh, was fantastic. Awkward. Yeah, that was so really awkward. Levels. He's still there and still uh, uh, trying to stoop everybody over. The, just like the art <laughs> imitating life, imitating art, imitating life, imitating art. Gentlemen, <laughs> what are you going to yeah. do? Okay, so what were we? We were 8.5, 8.5, and 9. Very nine. good. Very good. Very good for Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Yeah, that was a fun rewatch. I, I yeah, always really remembered was. loving that movie. So. It really was. Fantastic. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Opening Weekend. When we return, and it may be, it may be a couple weeks before we're back, we've got a lot of stuff going on among the three of us. Mm. We're very busy and important people. But, uh, mm. but it, it, as soon as humanly possible, we will be back revisiting February 13th, 1987, and that weekend's two major releases, Over the Top, the ill-fated arm wrestling epic starring Sylvester Stallone, and Mannequin starring Kim Cattrall, Andrew McCarthy, and James Spader. I saw both of those movies in the theater. This is around the time when I saw almost every goddamn thing that came out in the theater. Do I remember them fondly? Only time, time will tell. Time. Did you guys see either of those movies? Have you seen them? I saw I saw Mannequin in the theaters. Yep. Did you ever see Over the Top? Anybody ever see? I saw Arm Over the Top movie? on the the cable on the cable, I believe. Yeah. I think I've yeah, seen. It's been, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Clips of both of these movies. I don't know that I've seen them all the way through. I don't. That's know. That's about all you need to see. You don't even have to prep for the next episode. Just Fabulous. The clips is enough. One's arm. You'd be like, I really thought the arm wrestling would happened. <laughs> and then you could be like, <laughs> the that mannequin, mannequin, that like movie sure occurred. had a mannequin in it. <laughs> anyway, we'll be, so, so get ready, get ready for some fine film watching. If you're, if you're watching along at home <laughs> next time on open, will it be worth the wait? <laughs> I know. Wait, let me look. Hold on. Let me look at. Let me look at the schedule. Let me see. Do we want to? Maybe, maybe we want to skip those. <laughs> go right to something. No, we got to do those. All right, we'll do them. We'll do them next time on opening weekend. Dan, what you got for us I, here I think, and now? I think the only thing to do is a little in honor of the great performance of Little Richard. Little, uh, how do we feel about yes. Tootie Fruity? 
How do you feel about that? Oh, do that. Absolutely. I was thinking, oh, I love LA. That opens the movie. Oh, I love LA. That's good. Oh, no, I, uh, Talking Heads opens the movie, right? Isn't that? Uh, the days go by. Yeah. Oh, you're right. That's, I need to mention that. And that, that yeah, was great. That's, that's, you throw that song into any movie and it's, well it, it just works great. It's really iconic in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was great. It's really great. All right, well, I'll give you a little of a little of that. Is it called Letting the Days Go By? No, it's called uh, Same as It no, Ever Was. What's what it called? called? Is it Same um, as It Ever Was? Yeah. No, that's... Um, oh, my God. Why am I so... Once oh in a Lifetime. God. Once in a Lifetime. Once in a Lifetime. Yeah. Once in a Lifetime. So I'll do a little bit so of Once good. in a Lifetime, and then we'll go into Tutti Frutti. Okay? How you Fantastic. Feel? Okay, I love right, it. Good. Let me tune up. Okay. Yeah, that every, was good. Every other part of Tutti Frutti was terrible, but the Wapapaloobabalaba was great. <laughs> oh god, that's that's exactly what Little Richard said the last time he performed Tutti Frutti. <laughs> so the rest of it, I don't know what happened, but it's, I did the Wapadupamum. He was distracted by Nelson's balls. That's why I distracted him. Wapadupamalababala. You're getting sleepy. Very sleepy. Judy <laughs> and Fruity. <laughs> That's their names. Open wide, Reggie. That's their names. Judy <laughs> and Fruity. Judy and Fruity. Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> I've got lots of names for them. <laughs> That's it. And then we'll just we'll just we'll just sail out on the theme to Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> The opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. Live from New York, it's Zayda!